Hi. <laughs> the way I, we just said hello, no, everybody turned it off. Yep. And sorry. Yep. <laughs> sorry to anybody who wanted to try this out <laughs> for the first time because you're already fucking out. Uh, for we're sure. terrible at intros. But here we go. We're going to. You know, we failed at intros. We're okay middles. Mm-hmm. We were really good at that cheers at the end. We're strong with the cheers at the end. <laughs> we are coming. If you can just stick it out till that cheers at the end, 100% you're going to love we're it. We're going to redeem. We redeem our. Every cheers at the end redeems the terrible, awkward. Mm-hmm. You get secondhand embarrassment when mm-hmm. we introduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, we're sorry for that. But we make it up at the cheers the end. You are so right for saying that. Welcome to our one and done episode. Yeah, I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is, like Tiffany once brilliantly said, is the sweatpants of episodes. Not 100% leather. No. We're, we're also like the gaucho pants of episodes. I actually love gaucho pants. I do too, and I'm legit going to start wearing them. Yeah. So if you thought that was a joke last episode when we talked about the Fresno Nightcrawler, <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> I was very serious. On our one and done episodes, we have a relaxed conversation and drink a beer. Yeah. And we usually try to do smaller beers, but uh, it's, it's quarantine and mm-hmm. we're not shopping a lot and whatever. Shame on us for microbreweries not being on a list of essential groceries. Yeah. So we kind of failed this week. All we're drinking is the Blue Moon Mango Wheat. I mean, it's, it's not a failure as far as taste. It's delicious. But, but as far as like highlighting a, a local microbrewery, which we prefer to do, prefer to do, it's a failure. But, you know, hey, one man's failure is another man's garbage. No, one man's trash is another man's treasure. One man's trash is another man's garbage. One man's trash is another man's wife. <laughs> Okay. Oh, cheers to that. We, oh, we, have, we have zero <laughs> listeners at this point. Oh my gosh. And the sad thing is like, we're not even drunk. I know. We're just ourselves. This is just our personalities. This is just us. Um. Okay. So this is the one and done. I was in charge of this and you know that I couldn't go too long without talking about sex. The birds and the bees. <laughs> Fucking, banging, mm-hmm. knocking boots. Mm-hmm. What else is there? Mm, God, I can't think of a single one. This is why I'm the vanilla <laughs> of this Sunday. And I'm the wheezy one. <laughs> You're welcome for that wheezy laugh. Um, so I am going to talk about a list of sex toys with ridiculously ancient origins. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Exciting. Yes. Let me taste this beer first. It's really good. They're really doing something right at Blue Moon. It's almost like they're professional beer makers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so good. Oh, dude, it's really good. Oh, yum. Okay. So this is Liz first. Uh, this list was written by Morris M. And bravo to you, Morris, because this is a good list. Okay. Number 10 on the list, blow-up dolls. These have ancient origins? Yeah. Okay. 1904. Oh, damn. Yeah. Late. Were, were they made out of radium? No. <laughs> no. Um, 
but I wouldn't be surprised if one day we find out that somebody made a sex doll out of radium. How else are you going to find the vagina in the dark unless it's glowing? It, precisely. <laughs> I kind of, you know what? I get it because I just thought to myself, I would actually like a radioactive vagina. It'd be kind of, I mean, a glowing vagina. <laughs> Not radioactive. No, I don't want it to be radioactive. Okay, so... Lady substitutes are recorded as far back as the 17th century. Damn. When French sailors devised Dame de Voyage, a collection of curvaceous rags that could only ever <laughs> resemble a woman to a homesick Frenchman. Rags? Rags. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, oh my God, does my body look like a pile of rags? Mine does. A hundred percent. Hey. Like you said, another man's trash is another man's <laughs> wife. One man's trash is another man's wife. I didn't realize I would be so I'm so, serend- so serendipitous. Oh my God. But it wasn't until vulcanized rubber was patented that more familiar that the more familiar model came out in 1904. Alchemist Rene Schwebel recorded meeting a Dr. P in Paris who built inflatable dolls for discerning gentlemen. <laughs> Less than four years later, German sexologist Iwan Block was marveling over mass-manufactured versions that could imitate ejaculation. What? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Also, no thanks. <clears throat> I could. That's the part I don't need. <laughs> Seriously, it's just so messy. <laughs> On sale, uh, and those were on sale in Parisian catalogs. The creepiest of all, though, has to be the f- uh, the firm offering a custom doll resembling any actual person, living or dead. Rude to the dead. Person. Sounds like just my style. <laughs> uh, which has to be the single most disturbing tagline in the history of advertising. Probably. Oh, okay, but. Living or dead. I mean. Who would you pick? (laughs) What person I would want it to look like? Mm -hmm. Oh. It can't be. It it cannot be our husbands because that's so boring. I would not get a sex doll that looked like my husband. I would just fuck my husband. (laughs) (laughs) What's the point? What if he's gone a lot? (laughs) Oh, well. um, Oh, my gosh. Let's circle back to this. Okay. Okay. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Okay. The next one on our list. Butt plugs. Ooh, 1892. Whoa. Yeah. Frank E. Young was a man with a vision, and that vision involved things being inserted up other people's asses. <gasps> Developed in 1892, but not marketed until the turn of the century, his rectal dilator was a terrifying four and a half inches of pain designed to go where the stars never shine. Oh my God. <laughs> Billed as a cure for piles, the devices were hawked to doctors and even advertised in respected journals. People might as well have gone on believing they were medical devices too, were it not for the ridiculously suggestive instruction manual <laughs> included with each order. For 40 years, these Victorian butt plugs were sold across the United States before falling foul to the 1938 Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetics Act, which banned them for false advertising. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why you need your 
asked to be dilated. Why not? Is I, I my, guess. Is my answer. I guess why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not against a butt plug, but I don't want a four and a half inches. It, was that a circumference? Oh, no, I think it's length. I feel like once it's in there, it doesn't really matter how long it is. I mean, can't be like tw- it's a di- 25 inches. <laughs> then it would matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, next on the list is the vibrator. 1869. The Victorian period was a very different time. Britain ruled the world. Robots were steam powered and doctors treated hysterical women by masturbating them. Doesn't sound too bad. Female hysteria was recognized as an illness and its treatment involved a qualified medical professional rubbing the patient's vagina until orgasm was achieved. Can they still cure diseases this way? Because sign me up. Honestly, I feel like these doctors were kind of fucked up, though. These women did not want them to do this. No, they didn't. I mean, it's funny to think about from one perspective, but but if you were really there, that would be fucked, right? Uh-huh. Um, because nothing about this practice could be logical, doctors often complained of boredom and wrist ache. They invented this bullshit cure and then they bitched about it. Yeah, uh, which led, okay, so this doctor complaint led to... George Taylor to invent the first steam-powered vibrator. Okay, first of all, did it straighten your hair since it was steam-powered? Second of all. (laughs) Should have. Second of all, these guys fucking made up this bullshit anecdote and then complained that it made them tired. Okay, so let's assume that some of them were legitimate and not just perverts. What if some of them were like, hey, we don't really know what this clitoris is for. Maybe it will help. I don't know how they would logically make that. (laughs) They're like, wow, she seems really upset. Let's fuck with her vagina. (laughs) Because whenever I, as a man, am upset, I just tug on my penis and all my problems are gone. That's what I'm saying. They're that dumb in the 17th century. (laughs) They're that simple. Yes. Wow. Maybe. I hate every one of these doctors with a passion. I mean, a steam-powered vibrator is very scary to me. Yeah, there's just steam whistling out of the top like a fucking tea kettle. <laughs> yes. But also, like... The, She's done. <laughs> the burns. The yeah. burns. Yeah. Although this version failed to catch on, the same can't be said of Jay Granville's 1880 electrochemical design. Housewives went mad for them. Even good housekeeping started running monthly reviews. So what happened? Well, society accepted the massager so long as we could tell ourselves it was a medical rather than sexual aid. When they began appearing in early pornographic films, husbands soon realized that their wives were up to no good and they had to put a stop to it. Um, Yeah, so that's like kind of weird because the men are like, the women are like, oh, these are just my massagers. And the men are like, good, I'm glad it's a massager. Meanwhile, I'm going to watch porn. Yeah. It's like ironic they get upset about the vibrators when they're like watching porn. Typical double standard. Yeah, seriously. I thought this was going to be a good episode, but it's actually just pissing me off. Now we're just full of rage. No, we're yes. Full of and we have rage. to masturbate rage. ourselves rage. until we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> the next one on the list is condoms. Around 1560. How would they even 
No. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't know. Because old-timey people are very weird and kind of dumb. Yeah. The majority. Yeah. Just because they didn't know yet. I mean, we're kind of dumb, honestly. We're also weird and kind of dumb. Yes, we're actually very weird. That's actually the description of our podcast on iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, but it should be. Okay, so they actually don't really know if they use condoms or not that far back, but there's evidence to suggest that people were wearing something. Whether it was for contraception, we will really never know. Going by a strictly modern definition, the first reliable record for the use of condom didn't appear until 1564. After the Black Death, late medieval man was walloped with an epidemic of syphilis perfect first the black death and then syphilis Mm -hmm. sounds like a great time good times great time to be alive yes i mean no wonder everybody was masturbating clearly it's like the one high point to their life yes not unreasonably people began to yearn for a way of having sex again but without the threat of death (laughs) which is always a good thing (laughs) yeah so gabrielle fallopio Sorry if I'm butchering that. Uh, His invention was a linen sheath soaked in chemicals and left to dry. It it doesn't really sound like much, but it worked. In a trial that encompassed 1,100 volunteers, Fallopio reported not a single case of the, quote, French disease, unquote. Oh, my goodness. So what did Europe do? To thank him for his life-saving invention, Mm -hmm. they named part of our reproductive organs after him, fallopian tube. Oh my gosh. Fallopio. It's fallopio, not fallopio. (laughs) She's so excited that she got the the pronunciation of this guy's name. Fallopio sounds like some like weird lake fish. It does. It's fallopio, like fallopian tube. I'll take the fallopio tacos. Thanks. Oh my gosh. Okay. Could you imagine if it was a fish and someone mispronounced it fallopian taco? Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That little like little bit of information just like made my whole day. You're going to win Jeopardy now. I am. And the next one is the penis ring. Oh oh my God. Remember the episode? Oh goodness. How guys make their own. Yeah. Don't make your own. Don't. You can get them seriously for like 50 cents. I'm sure you could trade one on Facebook. For something. Wait, why would you trade one? Okay, say you don't have any money, but you have like a paper clip. I'm sure that you can <laughs> trade your way to a penis ring. <laughs> Just keep trading until yes. you get there. Yes. <laughs> it would be a fun experiment. I'm going to try it. Um, so the penis ring seems to have originated somewhere around AD 1200. Whoa. Yeah. Not surprised. Something to do with penises was was invented so early on. It wasn't easy being Chinese nobility. Not only did you have to put up with the assassination plots and the Mongolian invaders, you were also expected to service your wife, <laughs> mistresses, and concubines on a regular basis. Oh, that sounds awful to have so many sexual partners. Oh, I have to have sex all the time. It's so hard. Oh, I'm exhausted. It's always been tough to be rich is the lesson here. <laughs> it may sound like fun, 
but there was an urgent reason behind it. If you didn't produce an heir, you could be pretty sure some obscure prince was going to step in and start effing all of your concubines and girlfriends and wives and mistresses. Under such stressful circumstances, performing can become, well, difficult, I suppose. Hence the penis ring. Made, oh, okay, well, made from the eyelids of a goat. Ew, yeah. the eyelids? Mm-hmm. I- um, with the God. eyelashes still intact. What the fuck? Yeah, it helped the wearer get on with the business of impregnation for hours on end, even if he was secretly crying inside. I have a feeling this article was written by a man. Yeah, I have a feeling that this guy wasn't super bummed out that he had to have sex with like 20 women, whatever he wanted. I mean. And then go like swim in his money like Scrooge McDuck status. I'm pretty um, sure he was fine. Could you imagine a penis ring with eyelashes on it? That's some like. No. Uh, Is that why they call it a one-eyed willy? No, that's because it has one pee hole. Oh, I thought it was because it had eyelashes. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, that's like some Ed Gein shit, dude. Ed Gein totally probably. I bet made he's those. really mad that he didn't make one of those. I bet he did. I bet he wore like seven at one time, <laughs> just around his house. Stop. That's so gross. Like, just the penis covered in eyelash is disgusting. Ew. I want to see it. With his belt. <laughs> With his special nipple belt. <laughs> okay, so your favorite, geisha balls. What? Or Benoit balls. Oh, okay. AD 500. Damn. Yeah. The origins of geisha balls are uncertain, but we all know, but what we all know is that they appeared in Asia sometime around AD 500 and were originally used to pleasure men. Women soon started using them and the ball's popularity went supernova. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> um, recorded across most Asian cultures, geisha balls, also known as Benoit balls, Rinotama or Burmese balls were, were a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. So they were a toy that could heighten pleasure during sex or simply facilitate some good old-fashioned self-pleasure. Okay. Which I could under I, I can understand a man's use for, to um heighten sexual p- pleasure. But I mean, I just know that a Benoit ball, at least in my experience or what I've known of them, you're not supposed to have them in during sex. Yeah, I'm confused. Aren't you aren't you talking about the Gwyneth Paltrow eggs up your vagina? Yeah. Pretty How much. the fuck does a guy use that? Up his butt, dude. Oh. So guys are putting them up. <laughs> what their... do you think he's gonna put no, him in his one eyed willy? I didn't understand. I'd never had heard of those in your butt. I only have heard them up your vagina. Your prostate. Oh, I didn't know that guys ever used does wait, do, do guys buy Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow's eggs? I mean, I'm sure it's been done. So it's just a butt plug. Well, no, not necessarily. That's what I don't understand because with a good butt plug, you need like that stopper so it doesn't like get Go, sucked into your uh, anus yeah, to like a vortex of that's nothing. That's what I'm saying. How do you, how does a guy, he just puts it up there and hopes you can get it out? Maybe. That's fucking some risky business. That Wait, is, is that ri- what that movie's about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. That's why I was so confused. I'm like, did it have a chain? A pull cord? Oh, maybe it did. I just don't, I don't think you should do that. And also, I don't think that I'm going to buy one of those Gwyneth Paltrow eggs. I don't, I'm definitely not. I've heard that you actually shouldn't do that. 
and it's not a good idea. The Yanni eggs? Yeah. Well, I personally have, I've seen and heard of Benoit Balds, but it's like marketing to, I think, women's insecurity. Like, they're supposed to help you tighten. Yeah, can't you just do Kegels? Yeah, that's basically, you're supposed to do a, like a Kegel to keep it in there. But also it's like. Another way for a super rich woman to make money off of people's insecurities. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. That's exactly. It's like feeding off of women's insecurities, which is like, that's just a vagina. Mm-hmm. Like it's not supposed to be a fucking noose. It's not supposed to be a fucking whirlwind vortex. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that reminds me of a um, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where one of the girlfriends um, was like a home care nurse and she was caring for one of the character's parents and she was stealing stuff in her vagina. Oh my God. Because it was so huge. (gasps) And I'm like, she's kind of a hero. (laughs) (laughs) Next on the list is penis enlargement. Third century AD. Whoa. The Kama Sutra has many things. It's like different sex positions, like tantric mm-hmm. sex, how to like survive on sex with no food and water. I don't know. I've never really honestly read it. But there is something in the Kama Sutra telling you how to get a larger penis. And it's by rubbing it with wasp stingers. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm sure that if your penis is stung a thousand times, it will expand. (laughs) Might technically work, but that's just swelling. (laughs) Yeah, that's, we do not recommend doing that. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, maybe try it with the new murder hornets living in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, that's a good idea. Better get even bigger. Do it. Everybody should try it, for sure. (laughs) <laughs> it's a great it's a and we idea. are not responsible for any deaths caused by murder hornets stinging your penis <laughs> i can't believe that's in the kama sutra i thought it was just sex positions yeah i guess uh yeah i don't know um yeah another way that they kind of um supplemented size for the size queens in ancient rome is they also made strap-ons um and they made them out of gold, ivory, silver, or wood. Okay. So if you're out on the town and you're picking your dude uh-huh. and you have to pick between the guy that has a gold strap on, mm-hmm. silver strap on, ivory strap on, or wood, clearly you shoot for the gold, right? I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the guy with the ivory one might be kind of a bad boy. Definitely not the guy with the wood one. No, he's um, a, <laughs> a splinter dick. No. I definitely wouldn't go with the wood one. Splinters. No, thank you. I don't want it. I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next one is a sex lube. And this was actually started in ancient Greece. Um, So no records really exist of its early use. But we know that by 350 B.C., Olive oil was big a business when it came to sauteing vegetables and having sex. Is there nothing olive oil can't do? I mean, it's a really a miracle substance. It is. I mean, have you ever sunbathed with olive oil on your body? No, but I know that you can pretty much do anything with olive oil. Um, I've never done that, but I know in like the 80s, uh, like 
sunbathing with Pam. That's probably why like a lot of people have skin cancer. <laughs> They're literally, literally cooking their skin. <laughs> okay, so the next one on the list is the dildo, which is my personal favorite. 23,000 B.C. Okay, so the dildo may be humanity's most durable invention. Only fire, weapons, clothing, and beads seem to have been around longer. Even agriculture is an infant compared to crafted lumps of stone and wood molded in the shape of a penis. Wow, that's fucking nuts. 13,000 years younger, to be precise. Agriculture started after wow. the first dildo, yeah. Priorities, people. And that's only taking into the ones that we found mm-hmm. into account. The oldest known dildo, an eight-inch stone behemoth <laughs> discovered in Germany. I'm sure that's what they called it, a behemoth. <laughs> <laughs> Dates back 26,000 years. Uh, but there's really no reason to assume that there aren't other older models out there. Maybe they were destroyed or... yeah. Um, you know, like if, if, if she's like me, they were buried with them. Yes, probably. You know? That's probably why we haven't found older ones. Yeah. Archaeologists find them all the time. It's almost as if people in the prehistoric era found sex a natural, enjoyable thing. I guess they were smarter than we gave them credit for. Yeah. Uh, what happened? What happened? Puritanical beliefs. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And our final, final on this list is pornography 33,000 BC whoa yeah do you want to take a look at the first known I pornography do. I do let me okay. see look. dang pretty sexy right <laughs> it is it's basically um like uh figurines or statues made of two people having sex the head is wait is the head that tiny little top right it kind of looks like a chicken <laughs> It does. It totally does. <laughs> it does. It looks like a chicken. I don't know. I'm into it. A few Cassie's years- always been a big fan of chicken porn, so just know that about her. <laughs> a few years back, archaeologists uncovered a prehistoric statue carved from a mammoth tusk. Oh, wow. It featured a female torso with exaggerated sexual parts, or maybe they just were her sexual parts, and she just had some big old titties. Maybe. Although his age is uncertain, the best guess places it at over 35,000 years old, which means it may even predate religion. Now, I think, no offense to Morris M., or maybe offense, I don't care. (laughs) Um, This does not, to me, seem like pornography. I think that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I took art history in college and this to me looks like a, maybe a fertility statue. That's exactly what I was thinking with the exaggerated sexual organs. That's how a lot of them were yeah. portrayed, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Or maybe someone just really liked chicken. Maybe. And they were just doing still life. So yeah, pornography, I think is a stretch. Morris M. I think um, that was a good reach. Um, but, but it does show the importance of sexual activity even at that time even if it was a fertility god 
they were still thinking about having sex and making babies. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of, um, I'm going to say that it's a fertility statue and it is kind of a shrine to what amazing things a woman's body can do. And they even knew that in the prehistoric era. Yeah. So yeah, that was a pretty good list. I liked it. Um, I, did you think about what you wanted to make your, um, look like a person sex doll be? Yeah. Who? I'm just going to go with the classic, the always beautiful ages gracefully. I'm going to go with Brad Pitt. He's so hot. I love that. Who are you going to go for? Okay. I'm going to do one of each. I'm going to do a living and a dead. I I didn't know we got two. Well, I made up this game so you can get one more when I'm done. Okay. 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 Living, I'm going to do with Indiana Jones age Harrison Ford. Okay. Ooh. (laughs) Comes with a whip and the hat included. Okay. Good one. And dead, James Dean. <gasps> oh, man. He was so hot. So hot. Oh, that's such a good one. I just can't think of any, like, dead people I find sexy. Well, you can borrow my James Dean when I'm not uh, using I'm him. I'm for sure going to borrow him. <laughs> um, okay. I'll throw him in the dishwasher before I give it to <laughs> so you. So ha- I'll just hose him down. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go with Brad Pitt, obviously. And I'm... I, I, I want to... I want to, I think I'm going to go with like a Hulk of a man, like a man that I could really climb like a tree. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the rock. I thought we were doing a dead. Oh, a dead. Um, I don't find anybody dead. I like, I can't think of anybody that's died that I'm like, oh man. I'm- okay. Then you can have the rock. No, that's fine. I'll put the rock back. I'll save him for somebody else. <laughs> it's fine. I'm going to go with Brad Pitt and I'm just, I'm trying to think. I don't, I mean, James Dean's pretty hot. You kind of like. Went out with a bang on that one. There's like nobody. Elvis. But not 70s Elvis. I was going to say Elvis, but then I was surprised you didn't think of him sooner. Okay, no, 50s Elvis. 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 50s yeah. Elvis, not 70s Elvis. No, nobody. I mean, I'm not body shaming 70s Elvis, but like, come on. He was like obviously on drugs. Yeah, he was pretty tore up from the floor, yeah. as the kids say. If he was sober. <laughs> That's such an old expression. I don't think kids say tore it from the floor up. They do. They say it all the time. <laughs> no, they don't. Yep. Um, okay, so that was the ancient sex toys origins. Kind of exciting. And um, thank you so much for listening. This was a great list. I feel like I learned a lot. And I can't believe how old some of these uh, sex toys were. Like, honestly, it blew my mind. I thought it was all going to be like 1900s. Yeah, I know. It kind of makes me feel better. Like, obviously, we've been obsessed with sex from the beginning of time. Yeah. But also, um, I was excited to find out that the guy that invented a condom, we named fallopian tubes after him. Yeah. And I can't believe I called him fallopian. That's embarrassing. Fallopian tacos for two. I'm just going to go fuck myself. (laughs) All right. Cheers to that. Cheers to that.